At Gen Z Media, we have a ton of new shows coming out all the time. The best way to stay up to date is by joining our newsletter. Just head over to our website at gzmshows.com and enter your email at the bottom of the page. We promise we won't bombard your mailbox and you'll be getting Gen Z Media content you can't find anywhere else. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. Crystal City, Missouri. This is Pants on Fire. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to Pants on Fire, the game show where kids choose between the luminous clarity of truth and the jagged shards of lies. Ouch! I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and over there, that's our robot Lisa, which stands for Live In-Studio Audience. And I am a master sound aficionado. <laughs> yes, I wish you could make lots of pleasant noises, though. Well, you didn't teach me, Dad. <laughs> Oh, dear. I think there's still time to learn, but don't worry. There are plenty of pleasantries in explaining how our game works. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Do it. Get ready for an explanation. Every <laughs> week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other, ugh, gross, yuck, a liar. Ugh. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one could spot a, a liar better than a kid. No one. That's our only hope. What are we lying about today, Deborah? Today, we are lying about glass, the mixture of melted minerals with a multitude of purposes. Lisa, do you know anything about glass? I know my heart is made of glass. Oh, I'm actually not sure you have a heart. You would know, Deborah, because you broke it. (gasps) That is not so. Don't say such a thing. But what you can say is the name of our contestant. It is time to meet today's human child contestant from New York City, by way of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the yachting capital of the world, meet an 11-year-old who loves dolphins and the accordion, sometimes together, Joshua Turchin. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am well, thank you. Let's hear some more about you, Joshua. What is what is it about dolphins that you love? Do they do they have a greater porpoise? Mm, sorry. <laughs> Possibly, but the only problem is dolphins do not are not related to porpoises. Oh. Burn. See, <laughs> what do I know? You got and mammal I, burns. And I promise <laughs> that joke and burn was not on porpoise. Oh, nice one, nice one. So that those are some some good truths there about the difference between a dolphin and a porpoise. And what if I told uh, Lisa that you love algebra? Would that be the truth or a lie? It would be the truth. Very good. And what if I told Lisa that you sleep with a tuna fish sandwich under your pillow for good luck? I do not enjoy tuna, so that is a lie. (laughs) That is a lie. Correct. You know, uh, Deborah, I sleep with a wide mouth bass under my pillow because 
I just like having a friend there. (laughs) You need some new friends. Okay, so it is time to meet our experts. How about a little welcome music for our experts, Lisa? Hey. (laughs) A minimalist, I see. Very nice. Yeah, I didn't want to overpower them. I appreciate it. So our first expert, or is she, Nicole Goodwin. Can you kindly introduce yourself to Joshua? Hi, Joshua. I'm Nicole Goodwin. And hi. I, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I am a glass orchestra musician. I play the glass harmonica. Interesting. Cool. Thank you very much. And now we're going to meet our second expert, Malcolm Morano. Can you please tell Joshua a little bit about yourself? Hi, Joshua. I'm Malcolm, and I'm a glass blower, uh, a glass blowing instructor, and a glass studio technician. Cool. Excellent. Drop it like it's hot. So there's a sizzling sound. Do you know what that means, Lisa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It means my uh, my past is finally catching up with me. Strange. Okay. Well, no, that's not exactly what it means. It means it's hot seat time. Hot seat. Yes, it's time to put our experts on the hot seat to see whose pants catch fire. Lisa, Joshua is now going to ask our experts some questions to spot the liar. Which expert should Joshua put on the hot seat first? Mm, I'm going to go with Malcolm because Malcolm has a silent L in it, just like my name. You do not have a silent L. Well, the first L in Lisa is silent. And where's the other one? Uh, after the silent one. I see. That's the one that's like... <laughs> I've been spelling it incorrectly yeah. this whole time. Yeah, I was trying to tell you. <laughs> I'll try to listen better next okay, time. Thanks. Okay, so for Malcolm. Joshua, do you have a question for Malcolm to start us off? Yes. Great. Um, Malcolm, tell me about your job. I'm I'm a glass blower first. Uh, glass blowing is uh, an art of glass making uh, that involves molten glass, uh, handling it at the end of a, a metal rod, and. Uh, blowing into it, um, so our rod is kind of like a big straw. So, so we we blow into it, and that inflates the glass and allows you to make all sorts of different shapes with it. So, the common shapes people make are like cups, uh, vases. You can make plates, uh, but you can also make sort of like sculptural forms. Um, and a lot of people who do this stuff are actually artists. And then I also teach that to other people. Uh, where I work, we actually work with a lot of kids, um, and we'll teach them. Uh, you know, all the steps of glass blowing, how to gather glass out of the molten furnace, um, how to learn to manipulate it with certain tools um, and create all sorts of shapes that they might be interested in creating. And then finally, I'm a glass studio technician. As I mentioned, we have a lot of furnaces, uh, kilns, which run at about 900 degrees and then come down slowly to room temperature to make sure your glass doesn't break. and I'm responsible for maintaining uh, what's called the cold shop, uh, which is a shop where you use a lot of different like wheels and belts that have diamond in them that you can actually kind of cut into glass and grind and polish it and change the shape that way. Cool. It does sound cool, cool. doesn't it? Or very hot, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I would have... just buy glass. That seems like a big waste of time. <laughs> just saying. Uh, should we ask the same question to our other expert then, too? Sure. Okay, great. So, Nicole, same question to you. So, my job is I play the glass harmonica. Uh, ben Franklin actually created it. He invented it. He'd heard a bunch of musicians in England when he was over there trying to get support for the, <laughs> the war. 
uh, he had heard some musicians playing the wine glasses. And you've probably heard people do that trick nowadays where you, you get your finger wet, you take a glass and it has to have some water in it, and then you spin and you start to hear this whoo sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben Franklin had this cool idea to go, you know what, what if we take out that iffy equation of water, because it takes a lot of time to measure it and that sort of thing, and he created almost like a glass piano, but they're entire made out of all these goblets so it starts from this like tiny tiny one that's like a shot glass which is a high C on the piano if you uh, play <gasps> Ex- yes Ouch, that hurt my ears and then it goes three octaves low to the low C which is a, as big as a cake cover uh, oh, yes and just like the piano, there are inter- intermittent keys. Uh, so they're called accidentals, and they the, they would be the black keys in the piano, and they're actually still glass, but they're painted gold. And the reason I got into it is because I didn't have a big enough sp- spread in my fingers to be a concert pianist, but my teacher showed me the glass harmonica, and I was hooked. So I, I travel all over the country and play, specifically, uh, this instrument was used, it's really big at Christmas with like the Sugar Plum Fairy, that sound is, is definitely utilized in the glass harmonica. And then also uh, for opera. It's also used in a lot of sci-fi. It was recently used in the movie Logan. And I didn't get that job because I was in rehearsals for an opera in New Mexico, but it, it went to a student at Rutgers and I was super happy for him. Wow. Do you have, you must have some more questions after all that, yes. right, Joshua? <laughs> Take it away. Um, what tools do you use to make glass? Okay, so uh, the the tools we use to make glass are all actually really old. Um, so glass blowing uh, started uh, with the ancient Egyptians, and uh, some of the tools kind of uh, came from there and are still passed down from there. Um, so we use these big uh, metal shears called jacks, um, and they're they kind of look like medieval torture devices. They're kind of scary looking. <gasps> Um, and we use those to sort of cut lines into the glass and sometimes change the shape with the sides of the blades. Um, and then we use like just big versions of tweezers, like these giant metal tweezers we use. Uh, we sometimes use a lot of uh, wood and paper uh, products. So we use like just some newspaper that's been folded up and soaked in water. And once it's been soaked in water, it actually doesn't burn up uh, because the water changes the the burning temperature uh, of the paper. So when you can touch that to molten glass that's burning at 2000 degrees and the paper will just sort of uh, uh, steam off with the water. Cool. Um, I was I was gonna say on my side of the fence, uh, I obviously don't make the glass, but for the harmonica, we have to go to a, a glass blower. And besides being a glass blower, they also have to be a musicologist and understand how to tune each globe to a particular note. It's perfectly tuned, and that's one of the things about the harmonica is once it's done, it never has to be retuned again. Wow. Now, Malcolm, how are glass marbles made? Ooh, answer that, Malcolm. (laughs) Um, So glass marbles can be made in a lot of different ways. Um, If you're trying to make a really specific uh, size of glass marble, you'll use a mold. um, And you can actually just take uh, a a mold of a circle and then put a sort of block of glass on top of it. And you can put that into a kiln and it goes up to like, you know, 2,500 degrees and the glass will melt and fill the shape of the mold. And then when you cool it down, you'll have your little glass marble that it's filled the shape of. 
Um, no, Nicole, um, is your job fun? Oh my gosh, yes, I love it. It's actually really hard. Uh, and unlike playing the piano where you can just plunk and go, you have to feel the glass. Your fingers have to be wet to play it. And actually there can be no oil on it. So a lot of us musicians uh, who work in glass, we go through a very intense regimen of washing the hands and then covering them in chalk and then dipping them in water before touching the instrument. Because it's, it's very sensitive. Um, but the thing that I love about it is that every day is different and you really have to to feel that connection to the glass and have the pressure of your fingers on it to get the right the right note and it's it's challenging but really exciting once you get that and I, I love doing it every day Joshua do you play instruments does any of this sound familiar or interesting or yes yes oh, cool what instruments do you play oh geez I play. <laughs> Piano, guitar, electric guitar, drums, harmonica, melodica, ocarina, recorder, accordion. Wow. That is He's so like Prince. Other ones. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I play the glass drums. Uh, <laughs> uh, every time I play, I have to get a new set. <laughs> Nicole, are your instruments in different keys? Yes, definitely. So they start from uh, the A below middle C, and then they go to the super high high C that like a soprano would sing. And the reason that they're built that way is because they're usually utilized with strings, uh, like the violin, like you were talking about, and um, also with voices. So like I said, they're, <laughs> they're used in a lot of opera, and that's because they kind of, they mimic voices, but it's sort of a ghostly sound. So they're usually used in a lot of tragic opera where somebody doesn't live very long. But, but wouldn't the glass <laughs> break in an opera when somebody hits a really high note? Isn't that dangerous? for opera? Actually, no. So it, it, the glass itself has to be fallible in order for that to happen. And I was super glad the Mythbusters did a segment a few years ago showing how um, they, they ended up picking a rock singer who could scream really loud and really high. You have to have a certain amount of volume, which opera singers have, but the glass also has to be fallible. There has to be a, a, a faulty piece in the design and that's what actually makes it shatter so a lot of those things you oh. see on tv or in movies the glass has been designed to break so the harmonica itself it, the glass has been put through the ringer and it's uh, i've never had that happen uh, well you shattered my whole idea <laughs> oh no what about malcolm i have a quick question about the coolest or most interesting thing that you've ever made with glass one time we made a giant glass sword. And uh, the way you make that is just by uh, getting a piece of glass, taking some tweezers and stretching it out real far to make the sword part. And then you shape up the handle on a, a different pipe with uh, some paper and you know a couple other of the tools that I described before. Uh, you get both ends of them hot, so like the base of the sword and the tip of the uh, handle, and you just stick them onto each other. And then they'll connect. Uh, you torch it a little bit and you can break that off. And we've got a, a glass sword that's about four feet high. Like with a sharp edge to it? It's not sharp enough to hurt someone, hopefully. So it's more decorative. It is decorative. And why did you make a sword? Yeah. <laughs> because it's cool. <laughs> Swords are cool. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Guess what time it is? What time is it, Deborah? <laughs> it's agitate time. You oh. know what that is, Lisa? Oh boy, do I! It's Android generated inquiry to analyze the experts. Yes, that is correct, Lisa. Our robot will now generate a question for each of our experts, and our contestant Joshua will read Lisa's question. So, Lisa, please be so kind as to generate that question. Sure, but just to be clear, I'm not your robot. Oh, I'm, a, sorry. I'm a robot who works with you. <laughs> Our okay? collective robot. Yeah, no, you I'm know. my own robot. You are anyway, your own robot. Anyway, Joshua, uh, bleep, Here you go. <laughs> okay, oh, Joshua, yeah. read that agitate question. Okay. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> So if you want to throw stones, what should your house be made out out of? That's a really good question. I wondered <laughs> Said, that. Right. This says Lisa. Yeah, All right. Question. So which which expert wants to take that one? <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so uh, I think you should have a, a house made out of brick mm. uh, because that's very very solid. You could throw anything at it. It's so good uh, in any kind of weather, and uh, I think it would withstand anything being thrown at it. Hmm. All right. What do you got, fancy pants? I want to go with I want to go with steel. Ooh. Because Ooh. steel is very strong. Steel is and very that strong. is all. And that is all. That so is all. How strong can glass be? Is there a way to make glass so strong that you cannot break it? Well, there is. Um that's how they make a lot of the glass um, in in windshields and stuff. Um, there's a technical term for it. I, we don't make this kind of glass where I work, so I'm not exactly sure what it is. Um, oh, let me tell you about something we do do where I work. Mm, do uh, do. So we do, <laughs> we do something called Prince Rupert's Drop. And what this is, is you take a piece of molten glass, you drop it into a bucket of cold water, and you cut it right as it drops off. And mm. you get this little teardrop shaped. Um, and you can take this out of the water then, and it stays together, but it's all kind of crackly looking. And if you take a hammer or even a bullet to the large end of it, the uh, sort of marble-like end, the bottom of the teardrop, it will not break. Wow. Uh, that's because of the pressure from the inside and the outside of the heats, right? So the inside is very hot, it's expanding, the outside is very cold, it's contracting, and it creates a really intense uh, film that is very strong and you can't break that but what it, what you do if you just take a, a little like tweezer or something and uh, poke the the back end of it like the the top of the of the drop shape it'll create a chain reaction where the whole thing will explode Wow strong and delicate at the same time wow. it reminds you of someone <laughs> I wonder who. I just want to say that the correct answer to the house question was chocolate because you throw <laughs> a rock at it it breaks, and then you get to eat it. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's a good perspective. So I'm the expert. Thank you. <laughs> you are. So what do you think, Joshua? Do you think you have enough information now to identify who our liar, liar, pants on fire is? I'm still not sure, but... But you're going to go for it? Okay, Joshua, tell us who you think is the liar, liar, pants on fire. I think Malcolm is a liar. You think Malcolm is a liar? Why do you think Malcolm is a liar? I heard him stumble a little bit. Like, he kept saying, uh, 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 like he didn't exactly know what to do. So a little confidence issue is what you're saying, or just a little yeah. uncertainty, perhaps. Yes. Okay, so now, will our actual expert please reveal him or herself? Hi, Joshua. <gasps> Hi. Malcolm is the expert. 
expert. Oh, that's true. Malcolm is our expert, and he works at Glassroots in Newark, doing glass blowing in New Jersey, and uh, he is our expert. Uh, uh, but you, I'm, I'm uh, sorry if I was unsure as to hand, how to answer some of your questions. <laughs> oh, but you did, a, you did a great it. job. I mean, I'm, you both did great so jobs. It was close. That was a it tough was a one. tough one. Let me ask Malcolm, were there any facts that, uh, that Nicole offered that you could perhaps correct? Uh, I, I didn't actually catch anything. I thought oh. Nicole was very well researched. Nicole, how about from Malcolm? Did you learn anything from Malcolm? I'll, he just reaffirmed a lot of the research I'd done. I, I am a musician, so this really fit into my wheelhouse. Uh, I've n- never played glass before. I tried, uh, and it is hard. Really? You've tried? <laughs> it is hard. So I my hat's off. That's why there only are 30 people who can play that instrument. Wow, but, I didn't know that. But I definitely learned uh, from Malcolm. I loved hearing about the glass sword. How cool. You asked some excellent questions, and both of them did a fantastic job answering. Lisa did a great job doing that. Very good. And I want to thank everyone for playing Pants on Fire, where we shatter lies and refract rainbows of truth. Pants on Fire is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows and to learn how to become a participant and to get my new album, Lil Rod, visit (laughs) (laughs) bestrobotever.com. Hey, it's Chris Terry, sneaking in at the end of your show to let you know that we have a new website for Gen Z Media. gzmshows.com is our new home on the web where you can listen to all of our podcasts, buy scripts, t-shirts, mugs, and more. You can even hear trailers from our upcoming releases months before they come out. Check out the new site at gzmshows.com. That's the letter G, the letter Z, Z if you're Canadian like me, and the letter M, shows.com. Thanks again for listening. Give me a Z! From PRX.